Women, you are the queens of our nation, the mother of our home, the pride of our children, a light always left on. You are refined in your ways, a woman of substance, substantially phased by her everyday conscience. A conscience to live in a way that uplifts not just her home, but the home of her brethren. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, faith. Bring your ears closer now and your mind will explode and be inspired by the words of Cover Mode. Assalamu alaikum. I'm your host for Cover Mode, Rashan Isaacs. Today we have a mixture of delightful topics in health and beauty, but more concentrating on the topic of beauty in itself and keeping our wardrobes clean, decluttering and organizing your wardrobe with wardrobe consultant Rushda B. Hardin. In People of Interest, we have shiny sequence blogger Nadia Singh Snyders. And then in the business of fashion, we will be welcoming Salma Tahseen, who will um, invite her via call from Estatira, known as the Fashion Harem. I'll be reading a few extracts from a Huffington Post article which will lead into a few of our discussions today. Islamic fashion comes into its own with bloggers, designers and fashion lovers of modest way leading our modest fashion revolution. But first, an organized wardrobe serves its purpose to ensure you start your day without wandering around your cupboard for hours looking for items to complete your look. Wardrobe consultant Rishda Bihardin joins us today on Cover Mode to discuss the dreaded decluttering of our wardrobes. And then Rishda will also share her tips on keeping our wardrobe organized. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to Cover Mode, Rishda. Wa alaikum salam, Rashan. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure having you. If any of you recall, when we launched Cover Mode in Season 1, Rushda was one of my very first guests. That's right, Rashan. It was a good time. <laughs> it was. And now I'm going to continue with that good time because you're going to help us declutter our wardrobes. Um, how did you become a wardrobe consultant first? Um, Rashan, it happened through the blog. Uh, there were quite a few inquiries from women um, as to how they can dress modestly and stylishly um, and usually when you're putting together your outfit you need to start in the wardrobe um, and I realized that when you're putting your outfit together you need to have an organized wardrobe it needs to be decluttered and you need to see everything in the wardrobe. So what are the reasons we end up with clutter without stating the obvious? <laughs> um, we end up with clutter obviously um, when we we do impulse purchases um, when we buy a lot of high fashion trendy items. So when you see something in a magazine and you think, oh, that's a piece that I really need to have. But then you end up buying it, not sure how to integrate it into the wardrobe. And those pieces can add up. Um, you know, times when you go through um, lifestyle changes as mm -hmm. well, so your job changes, and you buy a different wardrobe. So unless you clear out regularly, you could end up with a lot of clutter. So I guess weight loss, all those sorts of things play a factor as well. Oh, absolutely. It does. Yeah. And then also the dreaded um, one day I'm going to fit into that garment. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I think we're all guilty of that where we have those pieces. <laughs> and if they have sentimental value, by all means, keep it if you have the space to store it. But it needn't be in your wardrobe um, that you dress from every single day. So whatever is in your wardrobe needs to be clothes that you wear. 
Mm. Um, anything that you want to keep. So then what is the process of decluttering? Well, with decluttering, we go through every piece in the wardrobe. So I would generally empty the entire wardrobe and we talk around the pieces. So there are three questions I would ask. Um, when last did you wear it? If it was more than a year ago, you need to consider to let it, consider letting it go. Um, do you love it? If you love it and it has sentimental value, you can put it into storage, put it into a little memento box that you have. And um, does it still fit? Obviously, if it doesn't fit, uh, you need to come to terms with the fact that it may not fit or and donate it. Unfortunately. And how difficult it is, is it, would it be for people to do that on their own? Um, I've found that with really cluttered wardrobes and people who maybe hold on to pieces, um, it's the more clutter you have and the more pieces you have, um, the harder it is to part with it. So when you're doing it on your own, you know, you 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 can justify keeping a piece because you'll fit into it. I come in and I'll kind of do a little bit of psychology around the piece and say, do you really think you're going to fit in this? When last have you worn it? How do you see it fitting into your current wardrobe? So by approaching it with a different set of eyes, um, I can maybe make it a bit easier to part with some pieces. We were chatting to Rish W. Harding about decluttering one's wardrobe, and she's a wardrobe consultant, and she's given us already that many tips, and I believe there's more to come after the break. The Voice of the Cape. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. Welcome to Cover Mode. We're chatting to Rushda Biharding, who's helping us declutter our wardrobes this afternoon. Rushda, you were saying the process of decluttering can be quite a daunting task for some. What has been your experience with, with working with um, people's wardrobes? Um, that's right, Rushan. It can be quite emotional, um, especially when it comes to pieces that people hold on to for sentimental value. Um, and as I said previously, uh, if there's anything in the wardrobe that you don't wear, you should you should find a place to store it, um, especially if it's something that you'd like to keep in good condition. So it gets pretty emotional when there are, there are certain memories attached to an outfit or to a dress. So if uh, someone will tell me, oh, I wore that dress about 15 years ago to my daughter's wedding and it's really special to me because of the memories associated with the dress. Um, by all means, um, I wouldn't necessarily force you to donate it or mm -hmm. throw it out of the wardrobe, but I would encourage you to put it into um, a memory box of sorts um, and store it with tissue paper and that kind of thing that you can go back and then look at it and reminisce on those memories. Um, so with the wardrobe consultant, there's usually a third or a second person um, that would then talk around a piece without the emotion attached to it. Um, and you will make the person see that it, you know, it's it's fine and well, it, it's all good to have the emotion around the, the piece of um, clothing, but for practicality purposes, your wardrobe needs to be, or the closet needs to be what you wear every single day. And then just on the period in terms of, you know, like you've said now, when you take a, a garment and if you haven't worn it, but what that what, it, what period is it? Because we know seasons change. We're not going to wear our jerseys in summer. Uh, would it be divided according to seasonal clothing? Yes, absolutely. So the wardrobe, um, you know, you always have higher shelves that you're not able to access that easily. Um, 
space that hanging space that you can see immediately so for the time that let's say you're in summer I would recommend that your summer clothing be easily visible. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that you see. So when, as the seasons change, do what I would call a stock take, what's in your wardrobe, um, and change it around. So when winter comes along, move your winter clothes to a visible space. In that way, you also know what's in your wardrobe. So when you want to shop for the next mm-hmm. season, you have an idea of what you have, mm-hmm. and you don't buy pieces that you already have and forgotten about. Because if everything is in a clutter you don't really know what you have right yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely so and when it's decluttered you're able to see it when you do a stock take or you change the seasons around you can see and you'll remember exactly what you have in the wardrobe and then when you go shopping you have an idea as to pieces that you'd like to add to the wardrobe to integrate it with what you already have so that you don't buy on impulse Mm -hmm. which is what some of us do I believe you have a decluttering words to action or quote or oh yeah. yes yes um, the quote is have nothing in your wardrobe that you do not love do not use or do not have the space to store wonderful so have nothing in your wardrobe that you do not use do not love and do not have space to store that's right <laughs> it's gonna be my motto for the year <laughs> Well, hopefully not for the year, hopefully for the next few months while I declutter. On the, um, Rishta, thank you for assisting in decluttering our wardrobe. Now that we've decluttered, we need to know how to stay organized. But before we go into keeping the wardrobe organized, on the recent TED Talks, Dahlia Mohahed, a social science research wonk, mother of two, and a practicing Muslim walked on stage poised, cheerfully dimpled in a striking blue Muslim dress and headscarf, smiling into the footlights and asked a full house. What do you see when you look at me? A woman of faith? An expert? Maybe even a sister? Or oppressed? Brainwashed? A terrorist? That is how Dahlia addressed the crowd in her opening statement. Then try to imagine your amazement 15 minutes later when against all odds the whole crowd is on its feet and clapping. Extracted from Huffington Post, the writer of an article um, on the Islamic Fashion and Design Council's website says, while reviewing media pieces related to Muslim and Muslims and Islam, the moment the TED talk ended, she began scrolling through all the style and fashion articles and found in her, in her searchable archive, why fashion for Muslims? Why has fashion become such a big um, social media or such a big talked about um, or seen everywhere? Why fashion? And she's given two reasons. One, because the look of Muslim women is one of the most loaded social messages of our time. And two, because just now, When so much extra meaning is being placed on their appearance, Muslim women's fashion has come into its own. Let me now introduce you to our next topic of discussion, modest fashion bloggers. In the studio is Nadia Singh Snyders from Shiny Sequence Blog. Assalamu alaikum, Nadia. Nadia, you're a mom, a wife, a blogger and a trainee accountant, if I'm correct. What inspired you to start Shiny Sequence Blog? Okay, um, what inspired me, it's actually a long story, I'll try to <laughs> cut it a bit short. Firstly, it's um, my religion, Islam, and the modest dressing thereof. 
Okay. Um, I actually converted into Islam 11 years ago. You'll never say. You look so martial washing. <laughs> um, it's almost 12 years ago. It mm-hmm. had been July. And um, when I converted, it was quite difficult at first. Mm-hmm. It was a lot to take in. I had to learn a lot of things. And it was just before Ramadan also. So it was a lot. And not only did my whole life change, um, I had to change my whole wardrobe also. Because <laughs> I was in a modest, not modest, but I used to wear short stuff and things. So that um, that changed a lot for me. So I started um, dressing more modestly, um, wearing longer things, and um, started with my scarf. So what, what were your influences when dressing? Um, when, I, when I embraced Islam, my mother-in-law, she used to, um, I used to, still used to wear like tight jeans and stuff and she used to say, um, I think that jeans is too tight and you need to wear a longer top with it and, um, or you need to um, wear loose clothing and things like that. And that is how I started and learned um, how to dress um And dress you weren't more offended at that time because I find that, you know, when, when one <coughs> is, is is wanting to become a little bit more modest in dress and having someone tell you, you know, that is a bit too tight, um, maybe, yeah. Yes, I was very much. But now, um, after a few years, I understand um, it's more clear to me how important modest dressing in Islam is. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm a mother as well, I understand the importance they off. Okay, mashallah. And and what item of clothing will you go? Will you not go without? Um, that would obviously be my scarf. <laughs> no matter what I wear or where I go, I try to incorporate it into my outfit. Um, I blend it in with what whatever color I'm wearing. And you've got a nice blend going on there. Shukran very much. We will post that. (laughs) (laughs) Shukran. And even if it's going to the beach, I would wear a turban or I would wear a a scarf underneath and put the sun hat on. Or if we would go mountain climbing, Mm -hmm. anything like that, I would try to incorporate my scarf into the outfit I'm wearing. And what makes modest dressing easy and exciting for you? Okay, the the easy part of modest modest dressing is um, I think that if if you feel comfortable in your own skin, like I'm at the point now where I, I feel comfortable. Like mm-hmm. like I said in the beginning it used to be very difficult. I didn't know where to start um was even on Eid days, I didn't know where to shop. My first Eid, Don't I had. Did you my, wish you had rushed out yes. there at that point? <laughs> my, my first Eid, I had my outfit made. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where to go. It's not like it's now with all these modest yeah. um, fashion designers. Um, they're popping out, <laughs> popping up everywhere. You can just go to a website or on Instagram, Facebook, and you'll see modest um, designers everywhere. So that time, I had to to get my outfit made, and. It's in in a sense of, for example, if you see someone wearing a short dress, sometimes it looks very difficult because they need to sit a certain way, mm-hmm. they need to walk a certain way, and 
in a sense of if you dress modestly, you don't you you still need to like, keep your pose and everything, <laughs> but you don't have to. You're already covered, so you don't have to oh pull the dress down and things like that. Like um, um, they say that um, modest wear doesn't confine you; it actually helps you to live larger because you you've covered all the right places. Yes. You have freedom to move, and I think a lot of people have a perception that you're not you don't have the freedom to move. When yes. in fact you do. So th- that is the easy part of dressing modestly. The exciting part is they say you must leave something for the imagination. <laughs> <laughs> so people always ask me, um, how does your hair look under this? Uh. You have, they, they, they think I belong here. And I actually, I, I wear my hair short. Um, and then I would explain no. And they would say, um, like people at work, they always say, just come one day. We just want to see your hair, things like that. So they say, leave something with imagination. And um, it's exciting for me in a sense of, um, like, the, the question you also asked, like, why did I start the blog? It's to, I, I really would love to inspire, even if it's only one person at a time, um, by dressing modestly. And at the moment, I feel I'm, I am doing that. Because I started my blog, the first year when I started the blog, it's, um, they asked me for an interview on Anur the Light, and that was a big thing for me. So there I really thought, okay, maybe I am doing something right. I'm approaching my second year of blogging, and here I am with you, Rishan, <laughs> queen of fashion, oh my <laughs> modest fashion. Um, that's a big achievement for me. So at this moment, I'm not only inspiring one i'm inspiring many by just listening to the show well so, i love inshallah. your blog and it's it really is inspiring and that's why when i introduced nadia it is that she is a mom she she works she's she's how many kids do you have i have one one kid one busy girl one busy girl <laughs> and she's a wife so she has duties to do across all of those spectrums and um she's taken the time to prepare a blog not only for herself but to inspire other moms maybe even other reverts as well who find it difficult to to find that right modest outfit to cover appropriately because once you're so used to just popping on anything that's short or sleeveless or anything like that um, you do become used to it somewhat I guess I don't know but um, once you cover up tell me I'm gonna ask you because I know you know when when I'm covered I feel complete <laughs> me too <laughs> I feel um, like if if I don't wear my scarf, um, even like in the house, and I see someone's coming, mm-hmm. I will quickly run because I don't feel myself at the moment. Yeah, um, it's fine to walk inside the house without your scarf and things, but as soon as I leave, I put it on because that. But that is what makes me complete. That so is. I, th- I think you mentioned that one of the the reasons you started your blog was to inspire. What were you hoping your blog would achieve? Okay, like I mentioned previously, I, I wanted to inspire, even if it's just one person at a time. And I think I have been doing that. I, I will continue trying, inshallah, to inspire um, not only young females, but also young children. Like, mm-hmm. um, for example, Friday night, I had um, 12-year-old Sadiqa come to me with a scarf <laughs> in hand. We busy flying and she's coming and she's like, Auntie Nadia, would you please um, tie my scarf like yours? And... I, when I was done with the scarf, I could see the excitement on her face, and she's like, "Now I look like you." So that already, all these small little things that it, it makes me happy, and I could see that I'm doing bit by bit and inspiring 
um, young ones also. And so. you are. And I think it's the young ones that used to find it difficult because a lot of well, the modest way that was available was for their moms or for their grands. Yes. And now they've found ways to... Um, not say modernize it, it, but to make it fashionable for stylish. their age so that, you know, they're not being called auntie or... Yes. <laughs> and modest at the same and time. And it's modest at the same yeah. time. What part of blogging do you enjoy the most? Uh, I love putting outfits together. So um, this is now before we do the shoot. I would start incorporating this. Um, we'll go with that and start planning the outfit. And when that is all done, I, would, I, I love seeing the final product of, um, for example, when the photo shoot is done mm-hmm. and see, okay, this, um, everything went blended so nicely together, the colors and all that. And also all the small things, even if it's a like, a comment, um, anything someone um, gives, pos- like if someone gives positive feedback, um, sometimes people don't comment. Mm-hmm. Some people are shy or they won't, they won't comment. But even after th- two or three weeks, um, I get someone in the mall and they would tell me, I really like that post um, or I really like the outfit you were wearing. Where did you buy that? Mm-hmm. So sometimes they may be too shy to comment and they would tell me personally. So you know, all those small things. I love um, I love about blogging, and the nice thing about blogging and Rushda is a blogger as well. Um, I think the interesting thing about blogging is that if you're Muslim, is that you're not putting yourself out there. It's not a model blog, if I'm yeah, correct. Yeah. It's more about an inspirational piece to show people how you can dress modestly and cover appropriately. Yeah, and I think Rushan, if I can just add to that, um, one of my aims was to inspire the youth, um, mm-hmm. to show them that if you cover, you can still be fashionable, you can still be yourself, express yourself in different ways, and be proudly Muslim. Yes, where do we find you, Nadia? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, do, do, are you an, you're on Instagram, Facebook? Um, if people want to follow and, and be and be inspired by your fashion tips and styles. Yes, um, my blog is shiny-sequence.blogspot.com. I'm also on Instagram, shiny-sequence underscore blog. And um, my page on Facebook is shiny-sequence-blog. There's a Twitter account also, is shiny-sequence underscore. Underscore, yeah. Just done. Okay. (laughs) Creativity in Muslim women's fashion and style flows beyond the virtual, giving solid shape to new looks around the world. The Islamic world is a large and potentially lucrative territory. With 50 Muslim-majority countries, 22% of the world's population, and a diaspora population outside them of over 300 million people. It's no surprise then that Fortune magazine has already tagged Muslim women as the next major fashion market. The estimates of its worth are almost half a trillion dollars by 2020. And this is why you see a stream of fashion bloggers leading the way in modest wear. So if more people are going to be stacking their wardrobes with new items that lean <coughs> towards covering up, we'll need Rushta to assist us in keeping that wardrobe organized. Um, so after the break, we'll chat to her a bit about organizing our wardrobe and um, then uh, Estatira, the fashion emporium, uh, sh- uh, Salma Tahsin from Estatira, sorry, I almost got that wrong, will also be joining us after the break to talk to us about Estatira. 
Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul, and faith. This is Cover Mode. Who will design the clothes of Muslim women in the future? Donna Karen, DKNY, issued the first line almost two years ago, while recently Dolce & Cabana attempted to bring an Abaya range out. These days, it's referred to as the modesty, the, the modesty fashion movement, inspired by a different set of cultural norms than Western style, including the notion that a woman's visual appeal is not necessarily a function of how little she wears. Islamic Fashion and Design Council has trademarked the category Preta Cover. For those who are familiar with fashion terminology, Preta Porter is ready to wear, while Preta Cover is ready to cover. Muslim women will also create their own lines and the companies to make and market them. If designers like Melanie El Turk, CEO of Hote Hijab Fashion House in Paris, Nermin Demiati, the first female fashion designer in Gaza, and British Japanese Muslim fashion designer Hana Tajima have anything to say. We also have a number of local designers leading the way, like Khadija Khan, Human Image, House of Bespoke, Suruna, making waves in our local communities. Durban-based Istatira, with their tagline, The Fashion Haram, markets modest fashion in a very unique way. On the line is Salma Tahsin, founder of Istatira. Assalamu alaikum, Salma, and welcome to Cover Mode. Waalaikum salam. Good to finally hear from you, Roshan. <laughs> yes, I think uh, we've been on WhatsApp, we've been on email, we've even liked each other's posts on Instagram, and now finally we get to speak to each other. It's wonderful. Looking forward <laughs> to this. Tell me, Salma, tell us more about Estatira and why it was created. Okay, first and foremost, the question in everybody's mind is always, what does it mean? Estatira uh-huh. um, is taken from a Persian princess. It, it is her name. It's pronounced in different ways. Some say Estatira, some say Estera. It is Persian, so whichever way you prefer pronouncing it, there is no absolute correct way. But it means creation of stars. And when I was doing research into um, what I would want to do with the rest of my life, having come out of a seven-year career in radio and a psychology background, I felt, no, this was definitely something I enjoyed, but I wanted to combine that media experience with something that I loved. So I intertwined my two passions, and I discovered the fashion marketing concept, very common in the U.S., um, as well as the U.K., and it's coming into South Africa and I felt that the, the Muslim fashion industry wasn't taking to it in a hurry because we were going with mainstream marketing and advertising platforms. So what I started doing was talking to contacts that I had built over the years and said, look, what do you think of the concept? This is what fashion marketing is about. We work with you, um, with your business, with your brand, uh, call it brand building, call mm-hmm. it a little bit of PR, how to advertise, where to advertise, how are you putting together your campaigns, your photo shoots, um, the girls or the representation of the brand, who are your brand ambassadors, what are you doing with your business, with your image, how do people see uh, your 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 brand itself. Um, so so we put it together, conceptualized it, registered it as an official company, launched over a year ago, and um, it's slowly and surely, alhamdulillah, everyone is 
came to grasp with what it was. Some people still ask, hey, how much do you charge to advertise? And you still have to go back to the drawing board and explain again what exactly it is that you do. Um, very different to, to an advertising agency or a mm. marketing company. It's somewhat needs between a little bit of PR and advertising. And also the modest fashion market, you know, was never aligned with sort of your mainstream marketing. They they um, stuck to their own communities. They uh, usually marketed at flea markets or with these little pamphlets of theirs where they'll give everywhere or community radio stations. We're now giving them a space to market on a, on a much bigger scale is what Istatira is trying to do as well. Is that correct? Yes, because as you correctly mentioned, you were mentioning some statistics earlier as well. Yes. It's such a huge playing field mm-hmm. within the industry that I think South Africa is just coming out of its shell now over the past, I would say, two years where the designers have realized the, the control or the opportunities that they have with what they're able to do with their skill, designing, be it blogging and those kinds of things. We have, it's such an influential industry and it's taking over in your mainstream franchises and your brands across the world. So we do have a lot of opportunities and avenues like um, Estatira and the Islamic Fashion Design Council and others who we've liaised with from the time that we launched it's so important that the Muslim brands and businesses decide to expand their wings a bit and just explore the international opportunities and use the platform that they have in a better way. And you know, Salma, what I love about, you know, the Muslim businesses that are starting, especially in the fashion industry, is that we're, we're very keen to assist each other. If I think of the people sitting around this table now and just the kind of exposure that I'm giving them now, Shiny Sequence Blog and Rushda Bihardin from Ruby... Ruby's Closet and Ruby Reload, I think, is your your um, Twitter. Exactly, and uh, and then you, Istatira, is that we're very welcome to working together and pushing each other because it's not it's bigger than us. It's more about pushing um, modesty and the confines of the mod or the the in, in, enormousness in turn, it, it, you know, the, the expansion of modesty um, and that, again, I think I mentioned it earlier to Shiny Sequence blo- blo- Blogger, um, that it doesn't confine us, it actually helps us to live larger and this is what we're seeing is that we're able to support each other in that way. It's so true and um, you mentioned Shiny Sequence, they're sitting there with you, right? Yeah, she's still, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. Okay. Because because they, we don't know each other personally, but you mentioned the name and I can tell you immediately what she looks like, what she did oh, last time see. today. I mm, can it's like we know each other already. Because everybody just starts beginning to associate with each other because we feel like we're almost on the same path. We're trying to get into this industry. We're representing your modern Muslim woman, the mum, the go-getter, the businesswoman. You've still got a personal life, but you're doing it in in an average, affordable, Mm easy-to-understand or relate-to kind of way. And that's what I think is worth. Speaking like the real PR. People shouldn't (laughs) look at it or judge it and see what they're doing wrong or what they Mm -hmm. shouldn't be doing. But instead, look at what it's done for the Muslim fashion industry at large and look what it's doing for our own development. We're getting recognized in so many different ways and it's so good for our own brand building and for for the Muslim brand in particular and and uh, taking over the industry I would say I'm a little ambitious but right. I and we should be leading that yes what is unique about your marketing company 
Okay, Expedia is different to most, and I mentioned that at the beginning, mm-hmm. because you can't quite say this is a PR company, yeah. and neither can you say we're just an advertising agency that just brings on clients and puts them onto a billboard. What we do is basically we take your brand into consideration, how old you are, how many years you've been in the business, your personal vision, ambition. Um, if, if I, I won't mention names, but there's a brand I'm working on at the moment that for the next few months, um, she, she's producing some an amazing range of scarves and outfits and dresses, and we work with her from scratch. What mm-hmm. stock is she bringing in? How is she stocking those items? Who are her agents that are representing her brand? How are they selling that product? And also, what is she bringing? What sort of fabrics? How will the photo shoots be taken? What's the theme of the photo shoots, the concept? And strategically, over the span of weeks up until Eid, even thereafter, what is the response on her social media? What, what, what sort of clients is she attracting? And it's everything that, we, that encompasses running your daily business from start to finish, what your logo looks like, the clarity of your images, um, where do clients, the accessibility of your product and where you're representing in your image, your public front that everyone is getting to see. Are you associating with any bloggers? What are the price of your items? So it's a lot more in-depth than your average marketing agency and a PR because we do end up doing the, the press releases and the marketing campaigns and strategies for you. And if you wish to get onto radio or TV or get a press interview, um, then that always falls into place. Eventually Wonderful. Selma? our contacts and database. Yeah. Salma, we're going to chat to you again after the break um, with okay. some more. I'm, I'm going to take Rishta afterwards just to help us organize all of this info. No, organize our wardrobe and uh, do stay tuned. Styled as a graceful woman on her throne, empowering lives to be filled with pride, hope, love, beauty, nourishment, soul and faith. This is Cover Mode. We have Salma Tahseen from Estatira, the fashion harem on the line, Nadia Singh Snyders of Shiny Sequence Blog in Studio, and Rushta Bihardin, wardrobe consultant. Rushta spoke to us about declutching, and we cannot let her go until she tells us how to keep organized. Uh, Rushta, what is the importance of keeping our cupboard organized now that we've decluttered it? Yes, um, Roshan, uh, the important bit around keeping your wardrobe um, in order and decluttered is that when you see everything, you know what's in your wardrobe, as I've said before, and you will then wear everything. So nothing in the wardrobe will go to waste. Um, You'll be able to put your outfits together easily because um, there's nothing that's hidden away. Um, More importantly, you need to use one hanger per item so that nothing kind of hides behind another piece of, of clothing. And when, how do we begin to organize our cupboards? Uh, it can only happen when you empty the wardrobe <laughs> and start putting back as you wear. So you'll have your classic pieces which you go to. So in your workwear wardrobe, you'll have um, classic blazers, you'd have your classic black pants, your white shirts. Those are staple pieces, and those will obviously be the first to go back into your wardrobe. Um, then with your high fashion trendy pieces, um, and hopefully they'll be the less costly ones, those would then slot in in between your classic pieces and that's how you put an outfit together and update your look occasionally. And finally, tips on staying organized. Yes, uh, when you organize the wardrobe, I would it's a personal preference, but I would generally do it in color order. So I'd start with 
kind of putting all the blacks together and then the different shades and gradients until I get to all the whites on the one end. Um, that makes it easier to coordinate your colors. Um, you also know where everything is. So if you're looking for a black pants or a black skirt for work, you'll know exactly where to find it. I've mentioned the hangers. Uh, you, you need to use one hanger per item. And then as you take things out of the wardrobe and you find that this thing doesn't fit any longer and you're not going to wear it, keep a handy donation box close to the wardrobe or in your walk closet and you can just pop something in there if you're not going to wear it again instead of putting it back into the wardrobe. Rishta, as a wardrobe consultant, you assist people in the process of decluttering and staying organized like you have now. <laughs> How do they make a booking with you or get in touch with you? Um, Rushan, they can get a hold of me uh, via my blog. It's uh, I have a a section on the blog that's called the wardrobe audit because that's basically what it is taking in my financial <laughs> background i had to call it the wardrobe audit so that's on um, www.rubiescloset r-u-b-e-s c-l-o-s-e-t dot com um, they can also send me um, a direct message on instagram um, they can send me an email rushta at rubiescloset.com my instagram handle is, is that rushta r-u-s-h-d-a at rubiescloset.com um, my instagram handle is ruby reloaded r-u-b-e-r-e-l-o-a-d-e-d um, and a direct message on twitter um, and that's Ruby Reloaded as well, R-U-B-E-R-E-L-O-A-D-E-D. -E -E um, and most of my social media channels, I'm on Facebook as well under Ruby's Closet. So you can inbox me, direct message me on any of those or send me an email. Great. Thank you, Rushta. That Thank was all very me. helpful. Uh, Salma, you're still on the line, right? Very much so. <laughs> Salma, just carrying on in terms of what you were talking about, Esther Tira, the fashion harem, what can we expect to see when we visit your social media site? Okay, well, in between, you're going to see a lot of scarf styling because that somehow <laughs> came with the package. Automatically, people started asking about the scarf styles that they were seeing in the photo shoots. And um, it's amazing, alhamdulillah, to see how the demand has grown for the bridal mm -hmm. hijab. Uh, brides are becoming a lot more enthusiastic now with regards to adorning themselves and covering themselves, even on their big day, which is great. And then you're seeing more and more girls that are wanting to experiment with the scarves that they have. Of course, scarves are popular. No Muslim girl can do without it. Mm -hmm. And even if it means stuffing into a hundred drawers, you're going to still buy that new scarf. So you're going to see a lot of that on social media. You will also see um, over the next few weeks some of the upcoming brands that we will be working with and promoting their e-collections and uh, their plans for the next few months and particularly for the Eid period and uh, the winter season. There's also a few international brands that are wanting to um, make their footprint in South Africa and get into the local industry here. So we're going to be introducing them into the market as well. It's not, again, it's not advertising. It's just the clients that we work with. And um, sometimes we may go a bit quiet on social media, but that's just because most of the work is actually behind the scenes than what you see in the front. You'll see the results of it. Um, so the introduction of some new brands that people should support, local businesses, the housewives that have started and uh, sourced some gorgeous fabrics and decided to put together some collections. And Salma, where do we find you? Salma, where do we find you on social media? 
Okay, you can look up on uh, um, Facebook, Estatira, the Fashion Harem, um, and on Instagram, Estatira, and it should come up, underscore TFH. Our website is currently not active only because we're in the process of redesigning right. it and adding some new features onto the website, so you won't get anything if you search us, but it would be estatira.co.za. Uh, we will announce a relaunch as soon as it is ready, but in the meantime, you'll find us on Facebook where we've uploaded many photos of our photo shoots that we've done and any important details that we need to put out there and mostly on Instagram, estatira underscore tfh. Okay, great. Shukran so much, Jazakla, for joining us on Cover Mode, Salma. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Roshan. For more interesting articles and to follow the news of what's happening around the globe in the modest fashion market, stay on top of the buzz and follow www.ifdcouncil.org. That's the Islamic Fashion and Design Council. Modest fashion doesn't follow trends and isn't only about what you wear. It's about behavior, how you carry yourself and expressing individual choice. For Cover Mode, I'm Roshan Isaacs. Looking forward to chatting to you again next Monday.